Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Network. Promise me, all of you, that you won't make fun of me. Yeah, right. Hey. <laughs> Carl, come on. No, we, uh, we won't make fun of you. We promise. I've been studying ballet. <laughs> No, we just uh, all thought of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> what joke? You in a tutu. <laughs> you want to go where everybody knows your name. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly and with me to discuss episode 12 of the fifth season of Cheers, fellow Fire and Water Network all-star, a man with the soul of a dancer, Rob Kelly. What's up, Rob? I, Ryan, I can only ask that you don't judge me about what my arms and legs are doing during this episode. <laughs> I never do. I never do. <laughs> All right, we, we're talking about season five, episode 12, Dance, Diane, Dance. This episode is written by Jeff Abagov, directed by James Burroughs, and the original air date was Thursday, December 18th, 1986. Diane tells the others that she has been taking ballet classes, which, despite her request that they not laugh, is extremely funny to the rest of them. Later, when Diane is away from Cheers, her esteemed ballet instructor's assistant delivers a tape of Diane dancing along with her teacher's scathing final performance review. The gang can't help themselves and watches the tape and laughs. Only Sam and Fraser take pity on Diane when they read the teacher's evaluation, and Fraser doctors the form so as to appear much more generous and flattering. Diane, as anyone, including Frazier, should have guessed, is so taken with what she thinks is her teacher's praise that she is inspired to pursue dance professionally. She submits her tape to the Boston Ballet Company, and when they don't respond, she interrupts a rehearsal to audition in person, delivering a heartfelt monologue about her need to follow her dreams and express herself emotionally through the art of dance. Only then do Sam and Fraser confess the truth about her original evaluation. Diane retreats from the stage rather than auditioning and further embarrassing herself. All right, Rob, what did you think about this episode? You asked for this one. So what was it? I did. Um, I mean, I think this episode is, by cheer standards, a B-plus episode, which means it's better still than most other shows. You know, to me, a Cheers B-plus is like an A. Mm-hmm. Most other shows, but but it gets bumped up to me a full. But okay, let me ask you: How in your mind? How do you measure Cheers episodes? Do you do like one star to five stars, or do you do like A, B, C, and D? Like, it just what's oh, your what's your metric? Gosh, that's you know, I I don't know if I've ever even thought about them in terms of like grading that wise because like I I love all of them to such an extent, and I've been going through them like ranking them. So there's just kind of like a a measure of. How many, how many genuine laughs, how many surprises, how many, like, you know, rewatchability, things like that. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, all right. Well, the purpose of this example, I'll do letter grades. I would say this is a solid B-plus show bumped up to an A-minus because of a single shot of this. A single <laughs> shot. And it is something that I saw. I watched this when it aired. I watched, I watched all of Cheers when it aired live. And I remembered watching this episode and i remembered seeing that shot 
And even as, a, and we'll get to it when we get to it. But I remember as a child, uh, well, yeah, I would have been like, what? This uh, would have been like 13, 14, you know, young person. But just being so impressed that they did that because it was so unique and it always stuck with me. And then I didn't see the show until many years later and like as a rerun and I still was impressed. And so uh, to me, that's why I specifically, first of all, I, you know, I'm sure people had you, they were knocking down your door asking for the ballet episode <laughs> of cheers. Cause as we all know, if there's anything, the uh, fire and water network crowd loves other than comics, it's ballet. Uh, but I really, you know, I really, I did. I asked you for this one because of this one moment that I think, Remind you why Cheers is one of the best shows ever on television. I, I think you have a tendency to request some of the episodes that don't necessarily end on a big laugh, on a big, like, raucous, like, laugh. Because while this one does have a great punchline at the end, there's a real moment of kind of heart, genuine heartbreak that kind of inches out the punchline right at the very end of this one. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a somberness to the end. Um, and, and we will, we will definitely get to that. Um, Cause it, 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 yeah, there's this interesting, I don't know. It, it's a, it's an episode that kind of makes you reassess your thoughts about Diane a little bit mm-hmm. um, in light of where she's been this season. Yeah, I, I do. I've, I've always enjoyed this episode and um, just some of the conversations I, I've had with uh, other guests on just recent episodes really sort of come to a head on this one. Uh, when I was talking to Tim Price, when we were talking about the, the poem one that Sam plagiarized, and he talked about how the meta plot of this first part of the season is her sort of fixating on Sam and wanting to get back with him and pretending that they're married. Luckily, that is not to be seen or heard in this episode. Um, but we do sort of see her her fixation, her uh, th- this idea that when Diane is really committed to something, she becomes so tunnel vision that it's almost like she deludes herself and she's in another reality. And that's why I kind of think like Frazier should have known when he was trying to, when he was when he was changing the the letter from her teacher to give her this praise that it wasn't going to be she wasn't going to take this as well you know this is what could have been if I had started dancing earlier and just you know put that letter away and just kind of reflect it no this is something she's going to dedicate the rest of her life now this this becomes her new mission but also the something that I talked about just um on the last episode with Mike Gillis was he he really wishes there had been more scenes of Diane with other cast members besides Sam. And like last time we had her and Woody because Sam was gone for most of the last episode. And in this one, we get this really extended scene between Diane and Norm that I don't think we've ever seen before. And it does kind of in a, in a different way kind of make you think, okay, well, what if Shelley Long had stayed longer on the series? There were obviously external forces that made that impossible. And I don't think the long term that Sam and Diane could have ended up together. So was there a place for her in the world of Cheers as not the romantic like lead in that way? And like, I don't know, just like, I don't know. Like, I, I wanted more scenes like the one she has with Norm in this episode. And I wish we could have gotten more of those. But. It's a great scene. I mean, part of it is that I've always believed that Norm, Norm likes Diane. Mm-hmm. He finds her annoying, but so does everybody. Right. But like, he genuinely likes her. And he, he's, he is more intelligent than he lets on. 
Right. And 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 you know we can talk about that specific scene when we get to it. But like yeah. we really do get like Norm's mission statement in this episode. Very much. There's and, a, a like a Dow of Norm in this. Yeah, in this yeah scene. seriously. Yeah. And followed followed by one of the best Norm jokes they ever did. Yes. I'd say you know <laughs> hands down. So it's like it was sort of funny. I mentioned this to you off air. Like when I said I wanted to do this one. It was because of this one moment that I thought was so amazing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and my memory of it was, eh, it's, a, it's a pretty funny episode, but it has this great scene that's worth talking about. And then I rewatched it, and I was like, no, this is really funny. Like, I was laughing through the whole show, and then it has this great moment. So I was like, oh, man, this is, this is a great episode. It really mm-hmm. is. And it starts off great from the back. It does have one of, one of my favorite teasers is the gang is just sitting around watching football. I'm sure they're watching a Patriots game on the tiny little TV in the corner and the picture starts to go out. And they're like, hey, yeah, Sam, you got to do something about your TV. And Woody has to do this thing where he has to like hold the TV in a certain position or whatever. You guys like, like hang from the chair to get it. And as he's doing that, it's like, hey, the, the picture came back. It's like, oh, but the color is a little bit off. So while Woody is still hanging there, Cliff has to like lift Woody's leg and put it up on another chair or like the railing or something like that so in order to get like the color just right and they're like yeah perfect so Woody's just dangling there and he still just has the biggest broadest smile on his face Happy as he help says, out. yeah he's like I sure hope this game doesn't go into overtime <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's watching the game too from that angle like he's literally like all right <laughs> I'll just watch it it's it's kind of a perfect bumper joke because it doesn't need it, it's self-contained you mm-hmm. get it. For those of you too young to remember, television used to be that way. There used to be an antenna that would affect yeah. your picture quality. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really silly joke, but it's funny. And I do love that they went extra extra with it of Cliff, you know, turns Woody into an antenna by adjusting his leg of like, oh, I love that the picture quality isn't quite good. And we can get it a little better by mm-hmm. making Woody a little more uncomfortable. That's worth it. That's worth it. Yeah. There was a previous episode when they were, uh, they were talking about reincarnation. Somebody, somebody's, like, Woody says something like he would love to come back as the king of France. Or he, or he hopes that he does. He comes back as the king of France <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the next life. And they're like, why is that? He's like, I just think it would attract a lot of attention to the bar. <laughs> like, that tells you everything you need to know about Woody's ambition in life. And everything else is the same except <laughs> he's the king of France. That is all he wants. And like, that is why he can just dangle maybe for hours from the, from the television <laughs> just to make sure that they get a good viewing of the game and that it's helpful. Like, and I just think it's so perfect that for him to have that attitude and that type of lack of ambition, that he is the one who ends up marrying a millionaire family and not yeah, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Not Rebecca. He, but. he found his dream job. He just yeah. wants to work at Cheers and it's his dream job. That's yeah. great. That's great. We, we should also be so lucky. Yeah. Um, getting into the show, Diane, at first, she can't remember if she left her stove on and she's kind of freaking out about that. Um, and then she's distracted when she gets this letter from Madame Likova. Um, and this is where she kind of, she's like, oh, Madame Likova is coming over. She freaks out. She's like, everybody clean up, get, clean up after yourselves, get out of here. Like she's ready to close the bar. And they're like, who is this woman? What are you so freaking out about? And then that's when she has to tell them that She's been taking dance, uh, she's been taking ballet, and she even invokes friendship so they won't laugh at her, but they still do. And and like when they're left, like Sam is like, you know, we all just thought of a joke, that's all. And, yeah, we're all thinking of a joke at the same time. 
And normally, actually, I say, why your sudden interest in ballet? She's like, it's not sudden. She says that she has always had this love for it. And she says, you know, I was born with a swan-like neck and natural <laughs> grace. And there's this perfect cutaway when she says swan-like neck and natural grace. Bros cuts to Sam and Frazier, and they both just roll their yeah. eyes. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Diane was long before uh, Jenna Maroney. Diane was the queen of the backdoor brag. She really was. <laughs> yeah. A swan-like neck. Like, well, nobody, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody would refer to you like that, but all right, Diane. Yeah, but she says she gave up on that dream to concentrate on her career as a novelist, <laughs> to which Carla hits her with, as it explains why you're working here at a bar pushing beers. And then she, this almost this is one of my runners up for my be, for my best gag of the show. She starts to tell them about the first time she put on her toe shoes, and Carla walks back on. Excuse me, Diane, isn't your apartment on fire? Oh my god! Oh, yeah, she completely fire and starts to run. And again, it's a response as Diane is running out there. Sam and Fraser are giving Carla the thumbs up. <laughs> They're like, well handled, well handled. Like you didn't have to make her feel bad, but you got her out of there before she had to finish that story. And Carla makes the joke about her cat dying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Diane's cat, like, roasting alive, which is yeah. really harsh. Right, <laughs> like, right. Come on. Come on, uh, Carla. Cliffy doesn't do much. He comes in uh, putting up a new flyer. He, he has to take the old flyer down because apparently he didn't get any traction for his singles potluck seance. <laughs> now, before now, I, I have to mention this, uh, specifically this part. First of all, I love the bulletin board. <laughs> because it's it's backstage you know it's further we never this is the closest we're ever going to see the uh-huh. bulletin board i think is there when he mentions the potluck seance it's like a medium shot so yeah. that's the closest now i am fascinated as what else is on those cards that's on the bulletin board like is it is it just gibberish is it like latin you know that do for like ipsum lorem you know that kind or is it stuff that like the writers wrote that only the cast can ever see i always find that stuff Fact. I was thinking that about uh, MASH, you know, where you see oh, stuff yeah, hanging in the yeah. tents and you're like, what does that say? But it's something else I noticed. There's a phone by the bulletin board. I've never noticed that before because the phone is in the hallway, but in the hallway to the pool room. Yeah. yeah. But there's a phone to the right of the bulletin board. I've, I, you know, all the times I've seen chairs, I've never noticed that, but there it is. It's attached to the wall. They never see them use it, but, no. but there it is. And it's not a payphone. No, it's so, <laughs> it's weird. Do you call Melville's upstairs? Like, what is that I, for? I yeah. wonder if that was what its purpose was. If it had something to do with that, because they yep. don't use it for that. Nope, nope. <laughs> some other sort of decoration, or if it was something from uh, like a cast uh, trailer or something. But I don't know. Maybe if you get locked in the basement with Andy, Andy, there's a phone <laughs> down there you can call and say you're wine, trapped. The wine cellar. <laughs> yeah, it's the wine cellar phone. Yeah, I never noticed that before. I was like, okay, grab nice little detail. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, what Cliffy's doing, he's, he's selling his car. He got, a, he got a new, what does he say? He got a new Italian sports car, the Alfredo or something like that. Alfa Romeo, I think he says. Or no, okay. he, he gets it wrong, though. Yeah, right? I, think, yeah. I think that's what he was going, but you think he said like an Alfredo or something. Yeah, an Alfredo. Yeah, he calls yeah. it an Alfredo. So, Sam is like, hang on. Let me get, he's like, don't you have like a 1975 uh, like station wagon? It's like, yeah. It's like, why is there a picture of a Rolls Royce on the, on the flyer that you're selling? He's like, uh, station wagon is the Rolls Royce, or Dodge is the Rolls Royce of station wagon. I love, I love Cliff Cliff. Oh, come on. I just, yeah. I love, he's just kind of yeah. like. 
<laughs> She's yeah. so annoyed. <laughs> uh, and then we get a, our guest, uh, one of our guest actresses, um, Lisa, the assistant, played by Marilyn Lightstone. Um, she appeared in Anne of Green Gables. Um, the one other thing that I wrote down, she is credited in the movie Heavy Metal. She is credited as whore. And I'm very nice. Of, yeah, well, <laughs> you get that credit, but uh, heavy metal. So. That's the, I hope that whenever she passes away, that's her Oscar reel. Is the <laughs> there you go. Heavy metal whore. Yeah. There you go. Okay, good for her. Um, and Sam confuses her with Madame Nikova. She says, how Madame would laugh if she heard you say that, and then she, she would strike me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we never um, see Madame Likova. It's It works better that she's just this right, right, creepy yeah, figure and, that we never, everyone is scared of, but we never see. Mm-hmm. And and Lisa very much says, you know, she can be quite harsh in her reviews, so that's why she came to deliver the tape and and basically let let uh, Diane know that she shouldn't dance anymore. Don't do this. And, and they're like, her uh, her performance is that bad. And, she's like, yeah. and as she's leaving, she does the Dasvidanya, and Cliff is like, those Ruskies, they can't ever leave without slipping in some Soviet propaganda. Yeah, <laughs> just, just because she said goodbye. <laughs> So they still, they, they're like, yeah, well, how are we going to figure this out? And they, they, Carla just ups and grabs the tape, brings it into Sam's office where apparently that's where the VCR is and like puts it uh, up on the TV and from, and they all start to watch. And Woody's like, Hey, that looks like Miss Chambers. Why is she hopping around like that? <laughs> so he's, she's dancing Woody. And he goes, get out. <laughs> yeah. That's a great reaction. He's so, it's so yeah. genuine, you know, get out. Yeah. It's really, it's really sweet. By the way, can I say how the hell is Sam's VCR connected to the TV out in the bar? Where where are the wires? Where, how is running, that happening? It's got to be running over, like in the panels above the above the <laughs> ceiling. I just like because Carla runs into Sam's office, and a second later, it's playing on the television. I'm like, wait a minute, how did they? But okay, you know, whatever. So they this had somebody was put that in. Yeah, this was the last episode of 1986. I'm trying to think when Bluetooth was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a little little ahead. There, yeah, it is Fraser's idea to change the letter to spare her feelings, and I get while he's while he's doing that, he actually tells them like even when Carla's like, "Why do you care? Why are you trying to protect her feelings when she's like hurt you so badly?" And he's like, uh, you never forget the your first love. Um, that makes no sense to me. That joke. He's, he he Fraser's like forty. Yeah, well, and, and, and he was married to Nanny yeah, McGee. Like, yeah, we'll find that out like five years from now that he was married before that. So yeah, it doesn't. Like, your first love? What are you talking about? Yeah, that that particular line, that explanation doesn't really work. But I do but, like his. Yeah. Before we get off, I'm sorry, but I want to ask you something. If you know, when they're watching Diane right by themselves before she's dead, what is with this woman that's standing next to Cliff? And like they're like kind of flirting a little. Do you see this? This woman, she's like I elbowing Cliff, and he's looking at her, and they're all kind of like they're all chummy. I'm like, who is this woman that's all like kind of lovey dovey with Cliff Clavin? What's that about? I think an extra who just wanted to get on the show more. Maybe <laughs> so. Good for her, man. Because I noticed her immediately. I'm like, what? Yeah. Since yeah. when is Cliff ever that comfortable with a woman? <laughs> really? Yeah. Um. When when Diane comes back and reads the altered version of her of her thing, she's like technique, outstanding strength, emotional response, all these things that are now she also she goes flexibility only average it was the great thing that Frazier gave her, and she's like I always thought I was very flexible, and again it's the cut to Frazier and Sam, 
just looking at each other like, oh my god woman she um, really is so deluded it, yeah. it's so tragic i mean you re- diane really can't be that upset that she is not a great dancer because as we know of ballet like ballet dancers are like over the hill at 20 i mean right. she's not she's not just a little older she's catastrophically older you know what I mean? I mean, that would be like me trying to start baseball, a baseball career now. I'm, like, I'm older than every baseball player that's currently playing. Like, that's not, you know, it's like, Diane, it's charming, but it is so, tra- it's like, Diane, stop. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't possibly think you're a ballet dancer. And the thing that almost brings her to tears, she's like, with the, the soul of a dancer, had it not been for her late start, she could have had this career, exactly, which is what, trying to put her down. It's like, yes, you're too old for this, don't pursue this, but she won't let it go at that. So she tries to call Madame Likova, and they try to distract her, and they try to stop her from doing it, and finally, first, like, yeah, you go ahead and call her, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he just takes off. <laughs> yeah, he's like, but then she decides, she, or they, they count her into basically playing the tape again so that she can watch herself with this new information and, and this new assessment of herself. Well, they, they stand her in front of the DVD and they're all going to watch from behind her. And so they can snicker and like laugh behind her back. And it's a great little performance with the actors because she goes, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to dance so badly. And Norm goes, looks like you got your wish, Diane. <laughs> and say, like, say, I don't know if it was like a same thing or a Ted dancing thing, but he like smacks Norm. <laughs> it's like, stop it. Don't, don't crack us up. <laughs> it's so, it's so, mm-hmm. it's so nasty, <laughs> but it's really funny. Cause it's just like, come on, Diane. Again, like how deluded is she? But, Oh, just <laughs> and then the scene where it's closing time and they're all alone and it's just Diane and Norm um, and it's just like this perfect little thing you're like at the end of the day and they start having this conversation about following your dreams and Norm very clearly says he doesn't have any he has no ambition because that no, and he has no disappointment he says dreams just give you heartache and Diane feels the opposite. She, you know, wants to, you know, she convinces herself to send in this tape to get a review from the company. And um, it's, yeah, I, I, I love the scene. I, I, like, as you said, this is kind of like the norm, the philosophy and the mission statement of Norm <laughs> Peterson here, like where he is comfortable with like no expectations. So no disappointment and just managing life from there. Like, what did you think about this part? I mean, it's a terrible way to put it, kind of, you know, like to not have any dreams. But at the same time, it's like Norm really just wants to sit at the bar and shoot the shit with the guys. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what he wants. And he's found a way to do that. And the way, the only thing that gets in his way is to have a job. And so <laughs> he just goes through life doing the best he can to not, and I, could sort of appreciate that you know it really is like a, i mean again saying you shouldn't have dreams because they'll never come to that's very negative and you know it's ridiculous because i mean everyone you have on on some level you got to have something that you aspire to and even if you never get it it's the it's the aspiring is what is almost satisfying not the getting it sometimes but but it, it, it you know it shows that norm has more going on intellectually than a character with that broad stroke might get like, he's not just a loser, quote unquote. He's got a particular philosophy that most people don't agree with, but it is specific to him and he acts on it. And like that, I think that's, that's, 
that's a great character beat. Yeah, I think it's almost it's um, having like this very realistic and pragmatic sense of like what is attainable. Yeah, for somebody like Norman, somebody with, and at some point very early on in his life, he sat down at a bar and had a beer and said, it doesn't get any better than this. And the rest of his life is just about maintaining that, whether it's having, having to work a job, having to suffer for employment, just so you can make the money, having somebody to come home to like getting married and something like that. And just being able to balance fulfilling your wife enough that she stays and like not having to be there and like, just, like then just like being it like whatever whatever he has done in his life to achieve what he feels comfortable with is like staying at that corner stool that's what he has done and there's no need to show any more ambition or any more instinct to to pursue a greater accomplishment than that yeah it's a great little piece and then they followed up with i'd say two of the best norm jokes Yes, <laughs> ever done on the show. Yes, because when Di- when Diana is convinced that she's like, no, damn it, she's going to send, she's going to send her application and she's going to try to apply for this ballot, and she's running out there. She goes, you know how to lock up, don't you, Norm? <laughs> and he just goes, are you kidding? I'm the one who taught you. <laughs> <laughs> I just it it just it it oh god, it conveys so much. Like it's <laughs> like that Norm knows how to do it that they trust Norm to do it, even though he's not an employee and that Sam couldn't be bothered to do it. Like it just, they outsourced it to a guy who doesn't even work there. It's like, it's oh, chef's kiss of a joke. I, I have a feeling that Sam probably did teach her and she just kept screwing it up. And like Norm had to kind of give her a refresher course. Like <laughs> Norm had to spend some like late, like, okay, let's go over this again. What did you forget to do? It's like, He's always going to be there at the end of the night, so it yeah, would make sense, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, once she's gone, he, he's alone. He's alone, and he just kind of like walks behind the bar and like you know taps, gives himself another. He's like alone in the bar. <laughs> I, what? What is? How does he phrase? It? I guess. Fair. I guess dreams do come true after all. <laughs> something. Now, when you listen, when that when he does that joke, right? You hear the crowd laugh. They don't just laugh. They like laugh and like they don't applaud, but it's like a it's it's um. I can't think of the word. It's not like a guttural laugh, but it's like a laugh of recognition. Mm-hmm. It's not just that line was funny. It was, oh, yes, this is all this guy wants. And he got it, you know, and you're so happy for him. And the fact that he realizes it in the, in the moment <laughs> is so good. It's so perfect. I, I get this is such a great episode that it has this great scene with these two characters. And you, as you talk about a scene with Diane and Norm, which you didn't really get a lot of, and it has some nice little bit of philosophy and then kapow two absolutely gangbuster jokes to end it. It's just, yeah. Oh man. Perfect. And then the next, you know, maybe like the, the next time we see them, she comes in and she's like in her, it's like to do her, her dance number and she's stretching up on the bar and there's some wordplay with that, with Woody being confused about like the bar for the answer and then she's like yeah she she sent in her her piece and they didn't even have the uh the the you know the common sense to or common decency to to review it to watch her tape so she's gonna go there in person and sam and fraser are like they really don't want her to do this but they can't tell her why so all they can do is say diane please 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 don't do this mm-hmm. like, fraser she's not listening help me out fraser's just please 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 don't do this <laughs> I love that Diane is already dressing differently. Mm-hmm. Because, like uh, Diane loves the uh, the t- 
to use a, a Diane Chambers word, accoutrement, <laughs> yeah, accoutrement of, yes. of the life that she wants. And it's, it's like when, you know, when she think, when she kind of is like in her novelist phase, she sort of dresses a little like a novelist. <laughs> yeah. she, she loves all the trappings yeah. of the life. I, she doesn't really have the talent for any one of them, but she, she so desperately wants it that she puts on the costume of whatever life that she wants. And so she, all of a sudden she comes in and is dressed like, wait a minute, why, why is her whole wardrobe changed? You yeah. know, it's not just the ballet shoes and the leotard. It's like she's got the pullover. Like all of a sudden she's dressing differently. It's like, how much money did she spend on this outfit? Just to kind of <laughs> like, you know, I'm a dancer now. And then we we actually leave the bar and we get our last scene in the episode is in a big theater hall, uh, like a, on, on a stage where we see um, the director is like way off in the, the back row, you know, calling out numbers as Diane interrupts this rehearsal performance and comes on stage and we get a couple of like long shots of her on the stage. Um, and then she kind of just launches into this monologue how we talked about how she's like, you know, I, I have to do this. You have to give me the chance. Just judge me. And it was, she say, not, not on what my arms and legs are doing, but on what I make you feel. <laughs> and she talks about how she's able to communicate, she express herself and make, and give you an emotional connection, even though she is long in the tooth for a ballet dancer. And this whole spiel, like, this whole, like, very heartfelt monologue. And then Sam and Frazier from the sidelines come out to her and cheer. And we don't even hear it. We just see the whispering confession. And she looks back to the offstage and, and Sam is, like, nodding like April. And then Frazier slinks away and Diane is just, like, left there uh, alone and, and quiet. And just kind of and just goes, never mind. <laughs> Just, and the r- rushes off to the side of the stage and everything like that. And that's like at the end of it, after that long shot, we, we get a close up of her in the backstage as she kind of just looks forlornly back at the dancers and what could have been. Um, and that's where it ends. So, what is the shot? What did you, what were you referring to before when you were talking about? Okay. Well, that, that scene uh, where she is talking on the stage, by the way, that's a real theater, clearly. Like, that's not a set. Sure. Oh, yeah. So big. So they must have, I don't know, whatever Los Angeles theater they had, they could have shot in that. Um, But uh, but anyway, she gives this passionate speech. And, 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 you know, we've talked about this. uh, You and I have talked about this when I've been on the show before that, you know, um, uh, Shelley Long is just tremendous in this part. You know what I mean? Like she just she walks that razor's edge of absurd and silly and yet so heartfelt that you believe her mm-hmm. and it, it in it, i think in in lesser hands it would just totally not work and she gives this speech i mean it's ridiculous to say as a dancer don't judge me by what my arms and legs are doing <laughs> like that it's completely absurd and yet you know that she believes it and you kind of go along with her in that right and it works it works as a scene but then of course you're like well they got to get out of this how do they get out of this? And they kind of pull the rug out from under that that scene by having her go, never mind. It, it's kind of like a little bit of a want, want, but there's no other way to get out of it, really. Because they, by, And by the way, I'm glad um, you don't hear what uh, Frazier says. There's no reason to hear that. We understand right. what Frazier's telling her, okay, the jig is up. But so, but so, you know, you have this heartfelt scene played beautifully by Shelley Long and it ends on just kind of like a silly never you know silly joke never mind and in some ways you could say oh they're really kind of 
making fun of Diane a little for having this dream, but I don't think the show is doing that. The show is better than that. The show, I think intellectually and kind of morally is better than that to, to, to crap on Diane Chambers because she has this ridiculous dream. And the way they convey that is, well, there's, it's actually two shots, but they, they, you, we see her pause, mm-hmm. look forlornly, and then we see these other people dancing and we see this ballet dancer twirling sort of effortlessly. And then the final shot is, as you said, her looking sad as she watches them do this thing that she will never get to do. And that's the final shot of the episode. And to me, that scene, that shot is really beautiful and heartbreaking because it gives Diane her dignity back. It's like, okay, we, we had Shelley Long go out on a limb here with this ridiculous speech and we kind of sawed off the limb behind her with the nevermind, but now we're going to go back and remind you that this is going to be a pain in Diane's soul. And as mm-hmm. silly as it is, as silly of a dream as it might be, it's Diane's dream and it's no one else to judge it that it's silly or not. And that shot, the fact that it a sitcom was willing to end an episode on melancholy, I think is really commendable. And I just think it's, uh, I don't know if it was the director or the editor. I'm assuming it's the director of the episode who made this decision. Uh, I assume it was in the script as well. But to me, it, it, it turns a great sitcom episode into something a little transcendent and that they would give this character this little grace note of like, yeah, She's going to go back to the bar and she's going to probably cry herself to sleep tonight because she is seeing something. She's seeing a life go on that she'll never be a part of. And I just, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, to, to the thing that you said earlier, like I, I really do like the part where they, where we don't hear what Frazier is saying, uh, how you mentioned, like how like his dialogue, his explanation is kept like silent because to sort of like continue the joke and like thinking about it as viewing it almost the way her audience is viewing it, which her audience being the director, like the person in charge of the, the company, they hear her give this monologue professing her love for this thing and her need, her absolute need to try this thing and to just get a fair shake, a fair chance to be judged on this. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work. If it's, if it's too late for her, that's what it is, but give her an honest shake. And then there's this pause where somebody gives her a bit of information and then she's like, never mind. And I, and I think <laughs> like that's the silence that the fact that we don't hear anything between that, she just instantly kind of like dismiss, like to the audience being the director, she's the one who undercuts her own, message yeah like it's not like something else. it's like she's the one who says forget everything i just said i'm crazy <laughs> like go about go about your business yeah. um i i think that works kind of as a joke and then you're right like then then the the sad part after that when you when you see that it's like no this is something that uh, it is going to haunt her for a little while but yeah i i just it's i mean she has that quote about the you know, the saddest words or what might've been. She has, she delivers that. And that's, it's beautifully, the fact that it's wordless, you know, that it just relies all on Shelley Long's face and, and her face is so expressive and her swan-like neck is, you know, it's just really, again, I just think it's a, it's a really great moment of where the show makes fun of Diane and her pretensions, but is also on her side. And I think yeah, that is yeah. what makes the show 
as good as it is, as opposed to a lot of other shows, which would just be like, oh, let's just dump on the smarty pants character because that's a that's funny. But no, the show is the show loves Diane. It it sees her for her flaws, but it loves her too. And again, that's what makes Cheers Cheers. Mm-hmm. And I think a very simplistic way of looking at it would be that it that ending reaffirms Norm's point that dreams give you heartache. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I think while it does that, I don't think it undercuts her position either that the dreams are worth that that pain is worth fighting for or is worth experiencing um that to, that to never want anything to never try for anything isn't a better or more fulfilling life so right and to never try because you know it'll just fail is that's just an incredibly reductive way to go through life yeah. you know it's like yeah. maybe maybe you could say my dreams are simple you know and and uh, i've i've managed to uh, fulfill them all. You know what I mean? Like those people, those are, again, those are, you're really fortunate. And, and, and you right. know, unfortunately as a society and as a, as a people, like we always are like, Oh no, ever upward. You can never be satisfied. Right. It's always more and more, more is more, which isn't some people, if they're lucky, just realize, no, I don't need any more and I'm done. You know, good yeah. for them. Great, great for them. I'm always fascinated by people that you know, that are actors out there that have retired young and they're just like, I got money. I don't need this nonsense anymore. Good for them. That's great. You know, but yeah, Diane's going to cry herself to sleep tonight and that's sad, but at least she's trying to do this thing. Right. Right. Uh, Yeah, that was it. Any other thoughts on this one before we go? Um, I just think it's a, it's a great show. I mean, it is thematically similar to the poet, the poem one from just a couple mm-hmm. episodes earlier. They, they, they have enough uh, differences in it. That one's much more of a farce and much, uh, this episode's funny. That, that episode's a classic. Yeah. Um, but it's, it says something that they can, it almost feels like, I mean, they knew that Shelly Long was leaving, but it almost feels like they were like, okay, we have Shelly for 24 more shows. Let's like spin the dial and find every beat we can find with her before we lose her, which is, I think that's kind of charming. I think that's charming and also, you know, very shrewd to be like, you know what, let's take advantage of this actress while we've got her and let's find every single facet we could possibly find for her and give her that moment. And instead, I think it's just a great show. Uh, for Norm's tab, Norm had six beers this episode. <laughs> Lord knows uh, how many he had. Once, yeah, that we see at least. Uh, that brings him up to 436 for the series up to this point. Um, for the employee of the week, I think this was pretty obviously a Diane episode. And she just, she rocked this one. I'm going to give it to Norm. I know he's Are not you? technically an employee, but I give it to him because he closes up. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> so, like, he inspires Diane to pursue her dream. I think I got to give it to Norm. That's a good. He was. I mean, he would have been my second, but I just thought it was pretty <laughs> clearly like Diane. Yeah, that no Norm definitely for the home run. I mean, the entire finale, like the last couple of seconds, with from the never mind to her her haunting look. Norm's jokes were perfect too at the end of that, their scene. But I also it, it's not my home run. But I, as the runner, I just I really like that part where she's talking about putting out her toe shoes and Carly like, Diane, isn't your apartment on fire? And her, oh my God, I forgot. (laughs) What did you think? Uh, I mean, we've already covered it. I just think those two, those two lines with Norm are just some of the funniest the show ever was. And as much as, uh, well, dreams do come true that the, the delivery of, 
are you kidding? I'm the one that showed you. It's <laughs> yeah. just, uh, and, 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 and when she recognizes that, and she kind of waves like, oh, yes, of course. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like, it's just, oh, it's just, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, if you're a writer, right? You've written, a, when you write that line, like, I think you just go home for the day. You know, like, you're like, I'm not going to do any better. Uh, I'm calling. I, yeah, I nailed this one. I'm going home. You know, I'll see you guys tomorrow. I, I, per, it's absolutely perfect. All right. Well, Rob, thank you very much for being on this episode of Cheers Cast. Where else can listeners find you? Oh, all over this Dad Blaming Network. Uh, I host a bunch of different shows. Pod Dylan, Fade Out, For All Mankind, a Super Friends podcast, which you've been on, of course. You've been on, well, you've been on uh, Pod Dylan as well. I uh, do Film and Water, and we do uh, what, what, Treasury Cast, and uh, all sorts of things. So, and Mountain Comics is now running again now that we're in the summer. So, uh, yeah, you just wait long enough to fire an order network, and one of my shows will pop up. Right. I think I've, I think I've been on everything except for Mashcast and Fade Out, and I still don't know what Fade Out is. But <laughs> I, I, at some point, I will figure it out. So. I'll just listen to it, right, and you'll figure it out. I, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrifice I'm not willing to make. <laughs> Thanks to all of you out there who listen to Cheers Cast and support the show by liking and sharing on social media and leaving comments on the website fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford from the Right On Podcast Network and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents, who sponsor this show. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts to support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network. Thanks to everyone for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Listen to me. Listen to me. Do I have another choice? <laughs> I have the potential to be a dancer. I still have a fighting chance to make my dream come true. I'm going to send my tape to Boston Ballet. You know? In fact, I, I am going to drop it in the mail tonight. I am. Oh, no. Oh, this is so wonderful. Well, Thank you so much. I'm too excited to stick around. Anyway, you know how to lock up, right, Norman? You kidding? I'm the one who taught you. Right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>